0: It's August here, and it's Lizbeth, and I just wanted to give you a brief check-in. Often these episodes were taped months before. I can edit and upload them, but that doesn't mean that there aren't current changes in the world and things I want to talk about. So today's episode is sponsored by Pieces of Me Rescuing My Kidnapped Daughter, the audiobook version. If you've not listened to my memoir, feel free to do it. It's available on Audible and other online retailers, and I love me an audiobook, and I think that the narrator was pretty fantastic. In the world now, it's August here, I'm still in Alaska waiting to move, and we have snow on the mountains already, even though it's just August. It's beautiful outside, and there is a bite in the air. And if you are discouraged as I am about the Delta variant and the coronavirus hitting again and us all going through this mess all over again, maybe you should see the movie I did at the theater last week. Our theaters are still open at the moment, although they have us sitting very far apart from each other. The movie was called Together. It's a BBC movie from, it's a British movie. And it's about a particular couple that isolated together and just wore each other down with their stresses and anxiety. It was just adorable. If you don't mind watching in real time, a couple cannibalizing each other. It's great. I mean that facetiously. They just absolutely had every range of of emotions in the spectrum. So I loved it. I hope you're doing well, taking great care of yourself. And thanks always for listening. If you can follow and give this a few stars on Apple iTunes, that would be super helpful. Have a terrific week. And I can't tell you how much Catherine impresses me, today's guest, because she really comes to the interview with nothing to sell, just a heart wanting people to know that there is life beyond addiction and beyond some of the traditional programming. And her agenda, quote unquote, really is nothing more than to say, don't give up. Do not give up. If you're struggling with addiction and you haven't found that right programming that works for you, keep working it. Keep tweaking what you're doing and it's going to come together for you. And she's found that by challenging herself physically, it helped her understand that she's got so much strength. If she can do that, what else can she do? So love that you're here. And I really adore that she came to visit as well. Thanks for being here. Welcome back to another episode of Persistence You with Lisbeth. Today, I have Katherine Bennett, who is today a nationally ranked strong woman and currently Utah's strongest woman. Um, And she has a fantastic story about how becoming a lifter helped elevate her from a life that was filled with issues of substance abuse and mental health Mm -hmm. depression. I myself had such a strong connection with her story because I, I think often when we talk about substance abuse or mental health, I worked for juvenile probation for 20 years and we would often try to remove things like alcohol, substances, cigarettes, things from someone's life before we replaced it. And so we were stripping away the coping mechanisms that a person had without giving them anything in its place first. And so I'm so fascinated by your success and your story. I find it inspirational. So welcome, Catherine. Thank you for being here. Please tell us about you and how you became you. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, it's really great <laughs> to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, yes, so so my sobriety is really heavily dependent upon my ability to to get out there and pick up those heavy weights. Um, so about three and a half years ago, I I was struggling really hard. And I, I had tried all kinds of mental health treatment. I had been to therapy and gone to groups, and you know X, Y, and Z, done medications, the whole the whole gamut. And I still was just really not progressing in my life. And I felt like I was really stuck. And I had to sit and think really hard after after a couple bad days and say, you know, what is it that's causing my concern here? Like what's 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 the last thing I need to get rid of? And I realized that, you know, I was, I was just I was drinking too much. I was dependent on it. And I was, you know, I was deep, I was deep in that life. And it was holding me back from really being able to succeed. Um, so, so the first the first week of sobriety, I gave up dairy, I gave up gluten, I gave up alcohol, oh. and I started I started a weightlifting program. Wow! <clears throat> so I don't think that we would I don't think we would usually say, "Hey, everybody, change change your whole life in a week," right? <laughs> right. That's a yeah. what? but but really making that change like if i'm if i'm doing something as big and dramatic for me as giving up alcohol i might as well do a whole bunch of other big and dramatic stuff and and i'll tell you that it gave me the momentum so I, I worked with a trainer. I didn't just go start working out, right? It was really important for me to, to have a relationship with someone to hold me accountable. So I went you know with my partner at the time and with uh, a trainer and I, I established a routine and I started going to my meetings and I, and I changed I changed my whole life in a week. And you know obviously it required a lot more work over the years, the subsequent years, but I made that decision and I stuck to it because it was just time. Um, And weightlifting has helped me, has helped me maintain and sustain my sobriety in a way that, that nothing else really, you know, can even come close to. So I'm really glad.
0: I'm really glad to talk about it. That's fantastic. Now tell me about before when you got in help, uh, was, did you build on that with weightlifting or did you just completely go in a different direction? Because you, yeah go ahead. Oh, sorry. Well, it just, it seems like a lot of, okay. Uh, a lot of mental
1: health resources are out there for people who have the ability to sit still and ponder. Okay. And I am not a person who can do that. Like, if you want me to meditate, I'm going to need to be walking. Um, okay. if you like, there are so many people out there like me who have, I have a boundless font of energy inside of me that just screams <laughs> to get out. Right. right? And that, and that's why I drink. And that's why I use substances is to try to tamp that down a little bit to try to like make life less intense. Okay. Okay. And, it, and so many of our treatment modalities today are focused on like getting centered and finding your peace. Okay. People like me don't have that. Right. <laughs> there is <no> <laughs> The way I meditate is when I'm holding 400 pounds and I'm. You want to talk about mindfulness? If you're not in that moment, you're going to injure yourself. Okay. Right. So w- when I did my, I have a personal rec- best deadlift of four hundred and seventy-five pounds. At the last contest that I did last year, that's amazing. And When I was doing that, the only thing I could think there's one thing in your mind is pick up the weight, pick up the weight, pick up the weight. That's the only thing. And that's it's a different form of meditation because so many times we need to sit quietly and smell the nice oils or rightly be peaceful. I find
0: peace in that sharp moment of of achievement. Okay. That is so interesting that you bring that up because you're right. A lot of the treatment modalities are all about, and it's important for us to look at the whys that we use substances or the whys that we're having anxiety. It's definitely important to look at what experiences have created where we're at now. But that doesn't mean that we have to do it sitting down in a group in a sedentary fashion if your mind is racing to other things that's that's part of the problem you know so i mm-hmm. think it's fantastic how did you know that this would be something good for you what appealed to you about weightlifting
1: Uh well i i had had a very i had made my life very intentionally easy um like delivery services to do things for me or somebody to do my laundry right like i had made my life extremely easy i was talking with my sponsor when i first started into the program of aa And she's like, you've got to introduce some difficulty into your life. And I I just wanted to get generally physically fit, right? Like when Mm -hmm. I started working, out, I was like, oh, I'm just going to, I'm going to drop alcohol. I'm going to eat better. I'm going to get better. I'm I'm going to get more fit. But she's like, you need to introduce some challenge into your life so that you actually feel accomplished. And I sat and thought about that, and then I started cooking my own meals again because I was like, "Well, you know, these little happy delivery boxes—they make my life easy. But do I feel accomplished after I'm done? I don't feel like I'm—I don't feel like I'm living my life. I feel like everything's being done for me. And then once I like the confidence that I got in overcoming the challenges associated with weightlifting created a virtuous cycle in my career, in my sobriety, in my relationships with people, and I found the ability to endure discomfort. And I found the ability to make small incremental changes. So my patience improved, my intolerance for discomfort improved, and my ability to set goals changed. Because I wasn't just looking at the, you know, what's going to happen in a year. I was looking at, hey, look, I had some success today and I'll probably have some success tomorrow.
0: Oh, I love that. Changed my whole mindset. Like it, it, it has made me more successful in every domain of my life. And I also like that your sponsor cued into the fact that, you know, and looked granularly at your life and said, Hey, wait a minute, you know, because we all do need stress. I mean, maybe Mm -hmm. it's the dream that we go on vacation once a year, if we were fortunate to do so. And someone took care of us completely, but that's because all the other times we were taking care of so many different stressful things, but we definitely need that. It's good for us in a way. And so that's great that she cued you in and that you took it steps further and said, you know what? I really need a focal point, and I need some pain. I need that yes. discomfort. Yeah, and it's really important. Um, sorry, give me one second. Can I pause it real quick? Absolutely. Okay.
1: Hey, I'm on a podcast right now. Okay. Okay. Sorry, my mom's. It's okay. Today. Okay. <laughs> um. Th- yeah. So. Okay.
0: L- let's let's reset and wherever you want to go next. Right. I wondered how did you so when you first started lifting. Mm-hmm. Did you have a goal in mind or was it just like, I'm going to try this? Yeah, well, I just, I Go wanted ahead. to get as strong
1: as I could because I had this sense and I, you know, I was athletic in my youth. Um, and I thought, well, you could probably, you could probably do something with this, but I, I had more of like a physical appearance goal. Like, oh, I want to, you know, I want to look beautiful. And then as I started getting into this, my trainers were all like, Hey, um, gosh, you're, you're really weirdly strong. <laughs> And they're like, maybe you should think about competing. And I said, well, I don't know. That's not really in my in the cards. And then, and then I found an all-women's uh, weightlifting contest out on the East Coast that seemed like it had reasonable weights. And I wanted to go on vacation anyway. And so I thought, well, you know, we'll just go see. And I showed up and I got second place in my first show. Oh my
0: goodness.
1: Well, I guess I'm uh, I guess I'm pretty good at this. And so I just kept going. Um, it was never really, like when I started, I wasn't thinking of competing. But now that I do compete, I love every time I get to go, um, you know, you hear, the, hear the, the roar of the crowd, even if it's just a small crowd, people are still cheering you on, you know, it's a, it's a really special
0: experience. So, so yeah, All it's right. just evolved. That is terrific. And so how did that have a trickle down effect for the other domains in your life? Sure. Yeah,
1: it it really has just brought me so much confidence. Not only in my, like, like I am, I'm extremely confident in my own sobriety because I know that if I can face these challenges in the gym, if I can do superhuman things, like I, I feel as though my weightlifting is superhuman. I can squat four hundred and five pounds. I can pick up almost five hundred pounds deadlift. Like, and I'm not on any juice or anything, right? I'm a completely right. natural athlete. I can do these things that are astonishing for a 36 year old woman to do, right? I can stay sober. Okay. Right. <laughs> like, right. Good. There's no, there's no challenge. Like there's no challenge that's going to, that's going to surpass my own individual strength because I have such strong, I have such great physical strength. How can I not believe in my own emotional strength? Right. Like, how can I not? And that and that goes on into my work too. I have this confidence to ask for what I need now. I have the confidence to do what needs to be done. And I don't feel as though I always have to ask for permission. Because again, I know like I feel confident in my abilities. I know I can pick up the weight, and I know I can deal with the consequences of whatever happens. Like if I pick it up wrong, maybe I'm gonna get hurt. Um so I so I, I learn how to plan, I have more confidence,
0: and I, I execute ruthlessly. I think that's fantastic. What would you tell someone who's in, in the throes of either a depression and anxiety or, and, or substance abuse about choosing something in addition to, I'm not saying it, it, instead of, or exchanging treatment for it, but what would you, what kind of encouragement would you give somebody so that they can have that confidence that you now have? that affects all those domains. Yeah. It, it doesn't start.
1: You don't walk into the gym and pick up 300 pounds. That's right. not how it starts. <laughs> it starts with you putting your shoes on. Okay. It starts it. and who, and let me tell you, it doesn't matter if you're motivated. You don't have to want to do it. Probably 30% of the time that I go to the gym, I don't want to be there, but I know it's good for me. And I know when I get there, I'm going to have a great time and I'm going to get the, the icky stress out. Everything's going to be great. Okay. But But I build my resiliency, not through motivation, but through discipline. And that's in order to be sober, you have to have discipline. And and, and it's just looking at whatever the next, you know, we talk about in the program about the next right thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do the next right thing. Just put your shoes on because probably once you put your shoes on, you're like, oh, you know, I might as well get in the car. And I might as well fill up my water bottle and then I might as well go to the gym. And sometimes I've gone to the gym for like five minutes and I've turned around and left, but at least I got there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. If, if you're new into this, just understand that this is a lifelong journey. Like my relationship with the weights is a lifelong journey. Your relationship with your own sobriety. You don't have to have it figured out today. You're not winning the contest tomorrow. You just need to make the right choice for yourself in this moment And then you'll
0: be able to get that momentum to keep going on into the future. And I think what you said also is so important about not motivation, but discipline. Mm -hmm. That is incredible because I think so often as adults, we forget the fact, whether it comes to what we're eating, an unhealthy relationship that we're in, that we won't end, whatever it is, we don't have to wait for our feelings to align. We're grown. So we go ahead and we choose what's right for us through discipline, not through that emotional sort of like, well, but I still feel this way and I still I, I think I deserve this and I, you know, no, mm-hmm. we know what's good for us and so we choose discipline. And I think that's yeah. a great, great choice and a good point to make. Well, and- strongman community specifically, we, we have this concept of embracing
1: the suck. And if this is the undercurrent of what I do, I, I've given talks on the, the idea of embracing the suck. And what, what we mean by that is just really digging into that thing that causes you pain or discomfort and finding out, like, stop, like, be brave enough to go forward into your own pain. Right, but you're like, and that's what I would say. Somebody who's new in sobriety, you're so much stronger than you you think. Like, if you're if you're thinking about making these changes, even if you're contemplating it, there's a strength within you that will allow you to pick up your own pain and walk around with it. Like you're strong enough to do it. But but it, it it doesn't happen in one day. It doesn't happen in one sitting. It happens after you've built your muscle emotionally and physically. So get but get but don't be afraid of what's happened in your life. Like, like be brave. Right. You you can do it. You know, if I can do it, if me, lazy, <laughs> lazy, like unmotivated pizza eating me can do it, then anyone yeah.
0: can. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That is so terrific. Embracing the suck, I think is just fantastic. So you have you worked with providers in substance abuse programming for people at all? Have you, has, has anyone ever called you and said, hey, we'd love you to speak to this group or do a staff training, you know, about your idea of being more physically, uh, you know, motivated or whatever? Yeah, not
1: me personally, but I will tell you there are a ton of resources for people who are looking into this field. Okay. Um, there's, a, there's an organization out of Portland called the Recovery Gym. It's a, it's okay. a CrossFit box where they have folks who, uh, they have on-trainer, like on-staff, um, substance abuse counselors. They're funded through a grant. Um, there's also the Phoenix, which is a gym, uh, I believe it's in Arizona and Colorado. And I think maybe even they have a Midwestern contingent. Um, but there, there are a number of these gyms that are growing up out of the sobriety community. And even the gym that I work out here called the, uh, core in Carbondale, Colorado has a substantial population of folks who are sober and we all talk about it.
0: I so, think that's terrific. That's fantastic. I, I, I just think. When I was on staff, I loved to hear people's personal stories that would transform how we behaved with clients much more than just getting a new model, you know, modality was listening to someone who could say as bravely as you have, I'm not somebody who's going to sit and meditate quietly in the meeting for a long period of time. That's not a, that's not a thing for me. And it's true that it's not a thing for a lot of people. We've got busy minds. We've got people whose minds race and they're looking to do something different, but that doesn't mean there's not another way to reach them. So I think it's fantastic you found that. And uh, I hope people really hear that because there are so many ways we can enhance the treatments that are available. It doesn't mean we get rid of them. It just means we continue to optimize them. So that's terrific.
1: Well, and I think it's really important that folks who have momentum
0: are allowed to keep it. Right. Like, that's a right. good thing. It is such a good thing. And I really, really like the idea of giving people extra things to look forward to rather than you can't have this and you can't have that and you can't have sugar because it might trigger your want for alcohol. And you, <laughs> we have a whole lot of lists for people in recovery from substance abuse of all that they can no longer do. So it's really important. To be beefing up the list of what's healthy and what they absolutely can look forward to doing. Yeah, I th- yeah. Well, I an- mean,
1: we're addicts, so we—if we'll spin around in a circle real fast, if it'll mess us up in the head, right? <laughs> 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 I mean, come on, right. like we, we, let's all be honest. Um, but weightlifting gives you that do- endorphin rush, and it's safe. And it's the right. same thing with running, it's the same thing with swimming, it's the same thing with like even if you get into dancing or like some amazing creative pursuit, right? All those things can trigger those positive brain chemicals, but so many of us don't know it and our brains are a little messed up from all the years of what we've done. Right. So being able to <laughs> being able to to manually push that button, like I decide when the button gets pushed now. I it's a, it's a huge it's a safety valve that I can't live without.
0: I just think that is so incredibly exciting. I love that you've talked to us today about that because it's just so hopeful. It is. It's very hopeful. It's very accessible for everyone. It's not some fancy program that only the rich people can can send their kids to or go to themselves. It's, you know, this is something that's accessible for all of us. And just remembering how it is that we got to where we are means that we have to kind of embrace the suck, but we also have to embrace our chaotic brain and figure out how to untangle it in spots. Absolutely. So that is I just congratulate you. What's next in your journey for lifting? What's your next? Yes. Well, so I'm recovering from an injury and some illnesses, so I don't have my next show
1: scheduled. Okay. Um but keep an eye out because I am striving to get back to the national competition this year. Um in the meantime, um, folks, is it
0: okay if I go ahead and tell them? Oh, folks please! I'd love for people to know how to follow you. Yes.
1: All right. So, if you're on Instagram, my Instagram handle is at kb. So it's k a y b e e lifts, like lifts weight. So at kb lifts, um, or you can find me on LinkedIn, where we can talk about my professional pursuits, which are also a lot of fun, and I have a ton of really great content there about um, sobriety. Believe it or not, out in the public space, uh, LinkedIn. My my handle is uh, Catherine Bennett writes. So you can find me on, find me there on LinkedIn. So I'm happy anybody who wants to connect anyone who wants to reach out personally, come talk to me about sobriety. Let's have a chat. We'll, we'll have a virtual coffee and I'll, and I'll get to know
0: your name. And congratulations on all that you're accomplishing and your sobriety. That is so fantastic, Catherine. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. What a delight. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for listening today. If you've enjoyed the show, please follow and if you've really, really enjoyed it, tell a friend and go ahead and give us a review. I'll see you next week. Proud member of the Podnooga Network.